Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome into the 7 o'clock hour of Sports Talk. Steve Geller along with Charlie Long hanging out with you this Thursday, January 4th. Getting ready for the Black and Gold's home and regular season finale coming up against those hated Dirty Birds, Atlanta Falcons coming in for a visit. Playoff implications is we've gone through it over and over. Saints need to win. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers need to lose. And then uh, the Carolina Panthers end up taking that victory at home over the Bucks. The Saints will be NFC South champions. Now the Carolina Panthers end up losing at home. Tampa Bay ends up taking the division, but the black and gold are not out of it. They need the Bears to take down the Green Bay Packers and also Arizona Cardinals to defeat the Seattle Seahawks. A lot of intra-division matchups, which uh, I think is great. It makes the competition that much more intense, and you know these teams aren't mailing it in when you have uh, divisional opponents against you. There's always that pride on the line. So hopefully Arizona and the Bears can do us some favors, and I'm interested to see what Justin Fields does as well, because I know everyone's talking about this could be his last time in a Bears uniform, considering they have already locked up that number one overall pick, courtesy of the lowly Carolina Panthers. Yeah, it's actually kind of interesting. It's a good question. We talked with Mark Schlereth back on Tuesday about it, and he was just like, yeah, I think with how Fields has been playing, he's earned himself a spot in Chicago to be their quarterback of the future and stay there, get a contract extension and stuff like that. The the kind of flip side that Bobby and Mike were looking at is if you draft a quarterback, you've got, you know, a young QB on a rookie deal where you can kind of spend the rest of the money around, you know, that young rookie quarterback instead of having to pay a quarterback. Now, I think that his, you know, you know, I've heard a couple of people say that him playing as well as he did against Atlanta was like almost a preview of like, hey, like I'm going to be here next year type of thing, that he's going back to Georgia where he's from uh, and he'll be the Falcons quarterback of the future if they want to pay him and trade for him and stuff like that. It's an interesting question. If you're in Chicago's <laughs> shoes, like what do you do? Do you trade back from the 101? Right. And what get the, a what lot will more... sports radio be like in Chicago leading up to the draft? Oh, Lord. Yeah, it's it's a fascinating question. You either trade back, kind of similar to what you did with Carolina this past year, uh, where you moved back from the 101, you ended up getting, like, I think it was the 109. You took Darnell Wright, that uh, tackle from Tennessee, but then you got DJ Moore and you got a bunch of other draft capital, including this year's first, <laughs> which once again turned into the 101. Uh, do you trade back again and get a bunch more draft picks, or do you uh, decide to just keep it and take Caleb Williams 101? Uh, it's an interesting kind of conundrum uh, at that point because, you know, what do you do? What, do you, what would you do in, in Chicago shoes, Steve? Do you keep Justin Fields? 
Or do you trade him, take Caleb Williams? Do you keep Justin Fields, trade the one on one and get a bunch of extra picks? See, another question too for Chicago is are they going to stick with Eberflus at coach or do they make a move over there? And then I think that's a situation where the incoming coach is going to want to obviously have his quarterback and I think you end up keeping the pick but for me I think I, I, I'll keep Justin Fields around uh, trade down get, you know load up that treasure trove of picks and then it becomes like a big video game like a Madden game with all the incoming talent that you could potentially bring to this roster that could boost you and in a hurry I think the, the Chicago Bears could definitely be in, in a mix for playoff contention obviously Obviously, right right away because they weren't that far off this season. Yeah, and that's why I think that Eberflus is going to come back. I, I have a sneaking suspicion because of how well that they played recently, like right. within the past month or so. Uh, they've been playing some good football, and that's why I'm a little bit optimistic that they might be able to take down the Packers uh, on Sunday. I think that's going to be a really good matchup. But as you said, Steve, I think if you at this point just kind of looking ahead to Week 18. You and I both expect the Cowboys to beat Washington, right? Absolutely. And seal the NFC East. I don't really even think that's in question. So at that point, the Saints, you either get the four seed by winning the South, and this is if you make the playoffs. You could still miss the playoffs if you lose to Atlanta or nothing really goes your way outside of that game. Uh, You either get the four seed and you host an Eagles team that is sliding <laughs> downwards, a downward trajectory. Yeah, you talk or, about just, you know, you know wetting the bed, and that's what Philly's doing right now. It's been uh, un- un- unbelievable to see that defense fall apart. Or you get the seven seed, and you travel to Dallas. Oof. So that's basically the two options if, you know, as we said earlier, the Cowboys were to beat the, the Commanders and seal that NFC East. You talked about the Saints injury report for today in the Sports Flash. Uh, Jawan Johnson was back to being limited after not practicing on Wednesday. That was a positive sign. Also, Colin Saunders, who's dealing with a a concussion, was limited today. Obviously, he would still have to clear the concussion protocol in order to take part in Sunday's matchup. Kendra Miller still limited with his ankle issue. The team could end up leaning on him if he's able to play along with Jamal Williams uh, because someone like Alvin Kamara, that's the big one that still stands out on the Saints injury list with an ankle issue, not practicing, uh, also not practicing for this team. Safety Lonnie Johnson, linebacker Nephi Sewell, tackle Landon Young. Uh, also, A.T. Perry popped up on the injury list today. He's dealing with an illness, and as we know, I think just about every workplace has had uh, some kind of virus or flu bug going through their workforce right now. And uh, obviously the Saints have dealt with it for a while, and Alvin Kamara even spoke about it earlier that it wasn't too pleasant. <laughs> yeah, no, and Alvin going a second straight date without practicing is not a good sign. Uh, we'll obviously see, and we'll get the official right, injury Right, he could end up being limited tomorrow, which would be a huge positive. Yeah, if he gets some kind of practice in. Right. We'll have the official injury designations tomorrow, and I imagine that he's probably going to be listed as questionable by the end of the week, even if he doesn't practice. Like, oh, he still <laughs> he has a chance sure, to play. right. Uh, but, I, you know, going back-to-back – days without practicing I don't think it's a good sign for his chances uh, looking at the Falcon side of things you have your their center Drew Dahlman who has an ankle issue as well also safety DeMarco Hellams in the concussion protocol both of them did not practice uh, then limited for the Dirty Birds corner Mike Hughes with a concussion uh, linebacker Troy Anderson a pectoral injury defensive end Zach Harrison a knee issue and then Way at the bottom there, quarterback Taylor Heineke also having an ankle issue, limited for a second straight day of practice. I think he will be a go, but you never know. It could be end up being Desmond Ritter back at center for the Dirty Birds. 
I, I understand her for the Dirty Birds. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. <laughs> it, I think it's also kind of up in the air about Heineke's questions because, I mean, we were talking with other Falcons reporters. They were like, yeah, he got definitely injured. I don't, he's not 100% by any means, any stretch of the imagination. So if Arthur Smith is at practice this week and he thinks that he has a better chance at beating the Saints in New Orleans with Desmond Ritter, you're going to see Ritter under center. But I, I kind of have my questions on that. I'm personally, obviously, hoping that you'll probably see Ritter this upcoming weekend. But I, I think Heineke is definitely a more of a stable quarterback just based off of what we've seen so far this year. Definitely more of a veteran presence for the Dirty Birds if he ends up going. We'll get more into some Atlanta Falcons talk with AllFalcons.com reporter Scott Kennedy coming back right after this here on WWL. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Gearing up for an NFC South battle coming up Sunday in the Superdome between the Saints and Falcons. Atlanta coming to visit uh, after the they took down the Saints in the first matchup back in Atlanta earlier this week, uh, this season. Uh, we got me and sideline reporter Jeff Nowak sat down with AllFalcons.com analyst Scott Kennedy, who also has a podcast on there. Uh, got some insight on the Dirty Birds from him, and here's what he had to say leading up to the regular season finale coming up on Sunday. If you lost track of the Falcons after that Week 12 game, you would have assumed it was like, oh, man, these guys are in control of the division. They look like they're heading the right track, and the Saints are going straight down into the muck. Well, you look back, and it's like, wow, they lost to the Panthers they lost to the Bears what happened you know what's what's going on with this team because it's you know it's funny because you look at it seven and nine they still have a chance to win the division but you know anytime you're looking at it and saying we can win the division with a losing record yay it's kind of tough right well it feels like very similar to the first time these two teams played where everybody's kind of going okay both of these teams are underachieving neither team's really going to be happy coming out of this with a win how long is that going to last like okay you win yeah but we still suck And basically what, what kind of happens is the road happens to this team. You know, they've been pretty good at home, uh, but then you, you take them on the road and they're two and six and it's not even a good two and six, like where you can start seeing, you know, if there's a good two and six where you can start saying, okay, I see the progress in this team. I mean, like you said, you're talking about losing to the Panthers, your two wins, you won, um, the Jets and the Buccaneers, well, who doesn't win in Tampa in the division? I mean, come on, that's easy to do, right? No, I'm just teasing. But the Jets game was a, a travesty of a of a game in the in the bad weather up there. I think that one was nine to six. Uh set offensive football back ten years. <laughs> and it it's just this team has absolutely zero consistency. So I would say some of the consistency would be they're okay at home. They're I'm going to say relegation fodder for, you know, for soccer fans out there, but they're, they're, I'm a number one pick overall type of play on the road, including 
they, I mean, if you watch that Panthers game, you'd be like, this is a three and 14 team. And you look at what, but what Arthur Smith has done uh, with this squad, what is the feeling, I guess, from fans and just overall on his status going forward? And even uh, just curious about GM Terry Fontenot, since he's got a lot of New Orleans ties. Right. I think from a fan's point of view, you can't get two people to agree on anything. I think it's almost unanimous they, with, with Falcons fans. They want Arthur Smith gone. You know, And I was willing to preach patience, patience the last two years with the dead cap number, the way the, the roster was built. And I think he actually did a pretty good job getting seven wins in each of the last two seasons with a threadbare roster and $90 million in dead cap money. So you go into this season and you ask, can he do more than just get a scrappy bunch of one-year contract guys that have been cast off from the Titans and Bears to go and play competitive football and win seven games? Spend $100 million on the defensive side of the ball. You've got a lot of talent on offense. And the answer to that this year was no. No, you can't. You're staring in the face of a third consecutive 7-10 and 10 season. Uh, and there's lots of reasons we can get into for that from a personnel standpoint, too. Is the is the Desmond Ritter experience done? Is you know obviously year two? It's not a good time when you get benched twice in the same season for the same guy who no one is looking at and saying, well, that's the future, right? It's not like he's a he's a, a rookie you drafted where it's like, okay, he's going to develop. This is a guy who you know who he is. He's he's Gardner Minshew light, right? And yeah, but you, you've been going back to him. And so what what should the Saints expect in Taylor Heineke? And, and and kind of where are they in this kind of QB carousel? If it was like it was last week, then if you put any kind of pressure on him, then you can expect nothing on the road. He was awful against the Bears last week, just, just dreadful. When he played earlier, he moved the ball up and down the field fairly well, and, and that's kind of what you expect. I've watched Taylor Heineke come into Atlanta, beat the, beat the Falcons as a gunslinger mentality. You know, when he was with the, the the Washington football team, commanders, Redskins, whoever you want to call him at the time, you know, you think of him as, okay, maybe he's a little loosey-goosey with the ball a little bit, but he's going to take some shots and move. And then it might have, I don't remember which game it was, but he had like an average depth of target at one point of like 0.7 yards on, <laughs> on 20. It's like, dude, now is this Taylor Heineke? Because he's not as bad as Arthur Smith has made him look. And Arthur Smith is not as bad as Ritter and Heineke have made him look. So with a combination of all of them has just been some awful offensive football. This team was 15th in scoring last year. You know, that surprises a lot of people. You think 15th, really? Yeah, they, they actually were. Well, now you've got three top 10 skill players uh, picked, Bijan Robinson, Kyle Pitts, Drake London. You've got arguably the best offensive lineman in football in Chris Lindstrom. I mean, that's going to sound crazy to people that don't know the Falcons, which is pretty much everybody. But Chris Lindstrom has been really, really good. You've got a first-round, second-year contract guy at right tackle. you got PFF top five center at center, uh, top five guy at center. Left guard, you spent a second-round pick at left guard. Jake Matthews is Mr. Steady. And I got worse. I, I put a, a running back, a win-now type of move with number eight, and they've gotten worse, and not just by a little bit, a lot worse. Man, if there was an offensive coordinator on this team who wasn't the head coach, he'd be calling for his head. There, there wouldn't be any question about it. That this guy would be fired. So it's sometimes if some Falcons fans, well, if he gets his quarterback, I hear that too much because he has personnel control on this team too. Arthur Smith right. does. Him and Terry Fontenot work together. 
They had a chance to get their quarterback. They decided not to. They went with a tight end at number four. They've had chance. They've had three years, and you decide to go in with Taylor Heineke and Desmond Ritter. That's on you. That is not an excuse. Obviously, the last meeting uh, against these two teams, man, the Atlanta Falcons sure looked like they were world beaters in the run game. Uh, just up and down the Saints, no matter who was in. Even um, Desmond Ritter, I think, had 30-some-odd yards on the day. It was like 228 total rushing. Uh, I'm, I'm guessing the plan coming into this matchup will try to be to run up and down the Saints again. You'd think, <laughs> but that never, you know, come out with against against the Bears and, and run a, free, a flea flicker, you know? And it's so predictable. It's And that's the problem because you've got – Bijan Robinson, who is a talent, and he's going to finish with close to 1,500 yards from scrimmage. So you can't say he's been – there's that narrative out there that he's been misused. Well, he's, he's got – he's done pretty well. Uh, Tyler Algier is a beast. You've seen him a few times now, and he's yeah. just – he's an animal. And Cordero Patterson, you don't want to see him when your legs are tired. Problem is it has been so predictable. Okay, Bijan's on the game. They're running outside. Here comes Tyler. They're running inside. Here comes Cordell. They're running inside again. Bijan Robbins is out in a pass route. Well, they're going to throw it to him because they don't throw the ball downfield. So it's been super predictable to try and watch this. And if you commit numbers to stop the running game, they haven't been able to beat you with passing the ball at all. So stop this team from running. And again, the identity of this team is what you saw against the Saints. That's what it's supposed to be. Did you know that the Falcons, if you look at the DVOA and those type of efficiency numbers, have the 28th rated rushing attack in the NFL? And this is your bread and butter, Arthur Smith. Man. <laughs> Dude, you're gone. You're, you got to be gone. That was Scott Kennedy of AllFalcons.com, and you heard him there at the end. Not expecting mm. Arthur Smith to be back for next season. Step back like he was talking about. And he's 100% right about their offense, by the way. If you look at just the numbers <laughs> from the Falcons in general, uh, they're 26 in the NFL in overall scoring right. at 19 points per game. Steve, how many points per game are they scoring on the road this season? What is it? Uh, you want to make a guess before I let you just let you know? I'll say 13. Just above. 14 <laughs> points per game. Okay. They're scoring two touchdowns on the road per game. And, I mean, they had a, that terrible performance, as you know, Candy just mentioned, uh, in Carolina where they scored seven. Right. They dropped seven. Desmond Ritter threw that terrible interception that ended up leading to that game-winning drive by the Panthers when they won that game 9-7. to seven. It was maybe one of the worst games played all season long. But so that's what you kind of anticipate coming into this upcoming week. Week 18, the Saints are three point favorites, actually three and a half point favorites now uh, for a reason. The Falcons offense does not travel. They have not played well away from Atlanta. 14 points per game kind of speaks for itself. Yeah, we need to see that obviously be the case Sunday in the well, Superdome. I mean, it's what he said as well. You need to not see what happened in Atlanta where they ran for 228 yards. Uh, you can't allow Bijan Robinson, Tyler Algier, Cordero Patterson to get off. That's exactly what they want to do. Make Taylor Heineke or Desmond Ritter, whoever it ends up being, and we'll have a better idea of that tomorrow. I'm sure they'll probably make an announcement at some point, either tomorrow or over the weekend, before leading into the game of who's going to be the starting quarterback. We imagine it's going to be Taylor Heineke, but if he's really limited by that ankle issue, it could be Ritter. Regardless of who it is, sell out to stop the run. Do not allow them to run for, you know, once again, over 225 yards again. Uh, sell out to stop the run and make either quarterback beat you. Do you think the Desmond Ritter experience is done with? I mean, obviously, if the coach ends up hitting the road, uh, 
I, I don't think it's a, a good sign for Ritter at all. Obviously, you get we uh, you know you you heard it in the interview when you get pinched twice in one year, it's never a good sign. I'll answer your question with a question. <laughs> if you're the Atlanta Falcons and you're heading into the offseason, what's your number one need? Quarterback. There you go. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and you know, I, I you mentioned. Uh, I think I don't know if it was on air or on air talking about you know their quarterback situation of uh, Justin Fields. I think that without might have been the first segment we talked about. Uh, yeah, with could... what the Bears are going to end up doing, right? We're not entirely sure about you know they have the number one overall pick in the upcoming draft. They have Justin Fields who's playing very well. Do they keep Fields and trade the one hundred and one, or do they trade the one hundred and one, or do they trade Fields and then draft Caleb Williams with the one hundred and one? So yeah, it's it's an interesting question. Uh, but I think if they do trade Justin Fields, Atlanta's one of those prime destinations uh, for him specifically. I mean, he's from there. Uh, he's been playing very well recently with the Bears. Uh, and obviously the Atlanta Falcons have a huge need at quarterback. That's yeah. their biggest offseason issue. To me, I'm thinking, too, with the soap opera going on in Denver and what's going to happen with Russell Wilson, I wouldn't be surprised for him to end up uh, in Atlanta as well next season, depending on what happens. I mean, who knows what Denver's going to do at quarterback either. <laughs> they might get in that conversation, too. We'll be back with more of Sports Talk after the break, getting into the Saints Sound Bank. We'll hear from Saints quarterback Derek Carr right after this on WWL. Back here on Sports Talk, been talking about Saints hosting the Falcons. Regular season finale Sunday, high noon in that Caesars Superdome. Obviously a big key for the game will be the performance of the quarterback Derek Carr. Now in the last four games, He's had two or more passing touchdowns. Can that continue heading into this matchup? Here's what QB1 had to say leading up to the Falcons game. You feel like uh, like your your performance lately has been at all tied to, to like playing without physical pain? <laughs> oh man, ah. Maybe not without pain. Okay, like I know you guys were all dealing with stuff, but no, I'm with you. It's just uh, no matter how I answer that. You know, it would seem like an excuse for earlier or something. You know, it's just tough, man. Uh, I will say I'm feeling better. Um, you know, usually at this, we were just laughing, a couple of us, that at this end of the year, you're usually, you know, your body's going like this. And I felt like the last couple of weeks, my body's going like this. Yeah. And it makes you realize, like, or wonder how bad was it really, you know. And so I, I am feeling better. But we're also, everyone's also doing the right thing more often. Yeah. And there's a lot that goes into that. So. Ever since that Green Bay game, it's been a struggle. I've, I've, I've been honest about that. It's been a struggle for me physically. But uh, the last, I don't know, the weeks. But, you know, I, I have felt better. And hopefully that continues because, you know, we're going to need it, especially against this team. You feel like it's saved up as well as it has this season in terms of play calling, execution, understanding, everybody understanding what they're supposed to be doing. I would say the last half of the year has been a lot better. It's been a lot better. And I, and I think we continue to improve. Uh, and that, that's always <clears throat> time on task. Players getting to know each other. We've talked a big deal about this year about communication with me and a few guys. And I just feel like all that's growing and getting better, and that's a great sign. It really is. You know, that's a great sign for things to come, but we're not done yet. You know, we still got we still got one more promise to us. We're trying to earn more. So, yeah, I, I definitely think the last half of the year has been better. We've improved, and we started to do things where I think that what it's supposed to look like, you know, here for the future. Is it a control, control mindset this week? I mean, obviously – Nothing matters once you guys win. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's the point is it doesn't matter unless we win the game. And so you would love to be able to sit there and think of all the scenarios and all that kind of stuff, but you'd just be wasting your time, you know, not getting ready for what actually matters. And so, you know, for us, you know, we've you are what you earned in this league. This is what we've earned. And for us, the mindset is the same it's been the last few weeks, man, this playoff mentality. You know, it's 
it's win or go home for us. And so we're playing a team this week that we that beat us, you know. And so if that, if that doesn't get your attention on Monday morning, you know, or Sunday night after the game, uh, I don't know what will. You know, we, we got a great challenge in front of us to, you know, try and beat somebody that we, we didn't beat earlier this year. Hey, Jack, when you go back and it comes down to the last game of the season, do you kind of think back to some games that kind of wish, like, man, we let that one get away or just kind of... I mean, I'm sure we will. You know, you always do at the end of the year, you know, uh, after everything. You guys like, man, that one or that one. But, you know, I me, mean, I'm just so proud of the growth that we've made to fight back to have this opportunity, you know. And that's really how we've been looking at it, man. We just, you know, we put ourselves in that position, but we fought back and earned the right to be playing for something, you know, at the end of the year. And so it didn't start how we wanted to start, but it's starting to, it's starting to look like how we want it to look like. And so hopefully uh, we can take care of business this week and, we can't control anything outside of that. And like I said, that's what we've earned. But it is getting better. It has improved a lot, uh, especially in some situational uh, things. But, uh, yeah, that's it. Does it matter to you if, like, the Tampa Panthers game doesn't get, like, shown on the scoreboard while you guys are playing? Are you even, oh, I don't even want to know. About, yeah, yeah I, don't, I, I don't even want to know. I don't know if they'll show it. I, I, I don't know how that stuff goes. Uh, you don't have control over that? Uh, I don't have control. <laughs> I may be able to pull a few strings playing quarterback. <laughs> but, no, I, I don't I don't want to know any of that. I just want, again, our guys to be focused on the task at hand because if we're worried about those things, Atlanta's way too good of a team to, you know, not be thinking 100% on. You know, you can't you can't do that. They, they would come in here and beat us by 40 if we start thinking about that kind of stuff. And so, you know, our, our mindset has to be completely and solely on uh, Atlanta. And, and winning our game and then, you know, hopefully hear some cheers in the stands afterwards. With the, with the red zone stuff, and the DA had mentioned, you know, one of the things they noticed that I was like, okay, getting from the 25 to the 10 was a big factor in being more efficient. Is that something, like a coaching point that you've had to kind of look at and say, okay, I can adjust some of the things that I'm doing to, you know, because it seems like I think 11 of the last 13, they've all come inside the 10-yard line, and obviously that's worked out for yeah, it has worked out. <clears throat> and I think, honestly, I really believe, man, the biggest thing that was that, that we've gotten better at is we're not hurting ourselves with penalties. You know, when we would get in that fringe area and then you get whatever whatever the penalty is, you know, we get an intentional grounding, a holding, an offense or whatever. That's really hard to make up those yards as you get tighter, you know. And so uh, I think that's been an improvement for us. And, yeah, I mean, the closer you get, the easier it is. It's going to be percentage-wise to score in our league. And so, you know, you try your best in decision-making and all those things that, you know, way out here, you don't always have to throw it in. You like to throw them in from there, but you can also, you know, take a route that gets you inside the 10 and, and play, keep playing the game. And so uh, there's a lot of that definitely from, depending on the play and the situation that comes on, you know, my plate for sure. What do you think of uh, Jamal's game having to kind of step up when they came in down? Well, I, you know, DA always picks somebody to break the team down, you know, every day after practice. And one of the... One of the breakdowns last week was Jamal, you know, because one, we all love him. He shows us every day how much this means to him. And one of the things he said, now I may use different words than he used. <laughs> one of the things that he says is, <clears throat> you know, I'll run through somebody's face for y'all. Like, that's not for me. And that was so powerful of a statement, you know, so, so selfless. Uh, and when he got in the game, that's exactly what he did. And so you say something like that when you break the team down, then you go prove it to your teammates. And he's not pointing at himself. He's not man he's hugging his brothers he's he, he's excited like because everyone's jumping you know like he got the team going so it was really cool to see uh that come to fruition for sure Derek, i know you've talked about you know the team descending at the right time and this is the time do you feel like 
the steps are there right now, like you're, you're, this team is getting to that point where it, or maybe it could turn into something special here at the end of the year? You know, I, I mean, I do. Again, we've earned that position to where we, we are getting better at the end of the year. Uh, but uh, the fact is, is we have done some really, really good things at a really, really high level uh, for the last few weeks. And this is the perfect time to get really hot and, and go. Uh, but not all of that's in our control. You know, we have to focus on the Falcons, focus on the mistakes that we made in that game, and focus on how can we be better this time, improve this time against them, and do things better this time. And so I'm sure they'll have a wrinkle or two. It's, you know, they're playing for a lot too. And so we got to be ready for that. We got to be on everything make sure that we're on it in that aspect but this would be a great time <laughs> to put it all together for sure when you're looking at what you can do better from that game does it really just boil down to the red zone or are there other things that you yeah yeah but i mean those were the things that really stood out yeah. especially with how the how it ended up you know jesse making that great play on me um, down in the red zone uh Taysom's play you know they've been trusting him here for years you know seven years and so uncharacteristic things that you don't want to have happen you you know you try your best all week in practice guy you got to be mindful you gotta make sure you're taking care of the football, all that kind of stuff, and really lock in on those things that you know. You go back through your notes. Okay, I gotta, I gotta focus on this this week. Like from my corrections that I made from the first game, you focus on it big time during practice. And make sure you're reminding yourself of those things. So if we can clean that stuff up, we all obviously have to do the other stuff good too. But if we can clean those things up, it's usually been a recipe that's been good for us the last few weeks. Saints quarterback Derek Carr there speaking to the media. Uh, talked about a little Jamal Williams and how he said he wanted to run through the opponents for his teammates. You love to hear that. Uh, John DeShazer, NewOrleansSaints.com reporter, caught up with Williams in the locker room the other day. And here's what Williams had to say with a possible increased workload as Alvin Kamara is recovering from an ankle issue. The last game, got down to one running back basically, and that was you. Mm-hmm. Um, but you were able to handle the load, got a heavy workload. Just how you see things going forward into the season finale? Uh, just the same thing, just doing my job, whatever they call me to do, just doing it um, to the best of my abilities, really. So uh, just learning how to be a professional and just be ready when my name is called. You know, you're a guy who's accustomed to a heavy workload. How, how did it kind of feel to get back into that groove, I guess? Oh, shoot. It, it was honestly one of my exciting moments, boy. <laughs> yeah, like it just felt good to get back in there. Just like even after the game, I felt it. I was like, yeah, this is a great day. Just a good workload. So, but I'm glad we came out with the dub, and that's all that matters. Is now we on to this week, just trying to do the same thing. It's just coming out successful and then executing and just get the dub. You guys were extremely physical in that game. Do you kind of foresee that being the, the same kind of recipe for this game against the Falcons? Most definitely. We just keep it on. Um, that's just the part of the team we are, what type of team we are, is just being physical. So we already know defense will do it. We know offense is going to do it. But it's just all about us just staying together, motivating each other, and just celebrating with each other too. You know, what does it take to be a physical back? Physical back, Because you're not the biggest dude in the world, but what does it take to be a physical back? Just mindset. Mindset, um, willingness to go in there, put your body on the line, and just don't be afraid, you know what I mean? So you just got to go in there with just uh, a fearless mindset and just know your abilities. You know, is that kind of, you know, what has rubbed off on you with, with these teammates? Do they kind of expect that out of you? I mean, you know, when you get the ball, they kind of know what they're going to get. A dude is going to put his foot in the ground and, and get up in there. Yeah, that's, that's the type of person I am. But, yeah, I try to do more. Um, but at the end of the day, it's all about just being physical, letting the teammates know, you know, just how I run, just let them know I'm I'm not going to go in there. Ugh. Lightfoot, I try to figure out a word. <laughs> Lightfoot, but just go in there with all gas and just have fun in there while, while I'm doing it. So <laughs> it, it was fun, honestly. I actually had 
I think it was one of the players. I don't know who it was, but he asked me. He was like, "Why are you laughing?" Because <laughs> I be laughing down there, and so I guess he never seen me laugh before. But I was in there laughing. He was like, "Why are you laughing for?" I said, "To keep the pain away." <laughs> but nah, nah, it's just that fun. Like this game is a physical one. Your body's gonna feel at the end of the game. But why not? Why not just go 100% while you're in there? So, did you feel stronger as it went? Yeah, yeah. I just felt uh, I'm just getting just used to it. The more touches I get, the more familiar I get with the line. And then it's just us just talking to each other, communicating, and just seeing, you know, I'm a different back than what AK is. So I just try to do my best to show him, you know, physicality is here. I see the blast. I'm just trying to make sure I make my alignment right. That's Jamal Williams on the season. 92 carries, just 280 yards, averaging three yards per carry. Uh, Also in the receiving game, he has 15 receptions, 54 yards. The big one, Charlie, a goose egg at touchdowns after he rushed for 17 scores last year. Was definitely excited about this signing for the black and gold. And unfortunately, it just really hasn't worked out this season. I know there's been problems with the offensive line. Uh, Jamal Williams has dealt with some injuries, but uh, I'm betting that he's someone that we'll see heading into next year as part of this rotation still. Yeah, the running back. I mean, just the rushing attack in general, in general right. hasn't been great this year for the black and gold. But with the Saints looking at Jamal Williams, I, I agree with you, Steve. I think that you're going to see an increased workload from this upcoming weekend, if especially if Kamara's out. I mean, after he went down with that ankle injury, Jamal was the feature guy. He ended up getting a season high in carries and yards against Tampa Bay. Uh, so if the offense is you know rolling in as efficient as it was against Tampa, it's going to not just be Derek Carr. It's going to be that rushing attack getting going, and that means Jamal Williams – and that means Taysom Hill, maybe Kendra Miller. Right. Fingers crossed to see the rookie even get some action. Yeah, we'll see. But Jamal Williams, for sure, uh, should be the feature guy this upcoming weekend. Uh, with Williams, too, it's like you you feel like he needs that uh, bulk of carries just to get going. Uh, you know, you start getting warmed up after a few hits. And it was nice to see him last week. Uh, in the game against the Bucks, able to you know rip off some five, six, seven yard runs that hadn't been the case. Obviously, his average on the season uh, th- just three yards a carry. Uh, not going to get it done there, but uh, just appreciate his his style of physical running that the team's definitely going to need inside. And yeah, hopefully the, the Kendra Miller. You know Jeff Nowak, the Saint sideline reporter, said he did talk with him briefly in the locker room, and he said that you know what Kendra Miller plans on going this week. So fingers crossed there. That'll be a good duo to see between Jamal Williams and Kendra Miller go after it. Obviously, you never want to be without Alvin Kamara, but hopefully those guys can get the job done. We're going to take a break here. Close things out with one more segment on WWL Sports Talk right after this. Heard from quarterback Derek Carr, running back Jamal Williams. Now we'll dip over to the defensive side of the football. One last withdrawal from the Saints sound back here. Safety to Ram Matthew. Everyone knows the scenarios to get into the postseason. What's kind of your approach? Is it is it hey, we got to focus with our business first before any of that other stuff matters? Is that kind of how the approach is? Yeah, I mean, uh, you just focus on the game. Uh, you know, take it one play at a time. Um, I've been in this situation a few times, and the, the crowd will let you know. You know what I mean? <laughs> Everything you need to know. So, uh, but now nah, this is an important game. Um, and I think we shouldn't be distracted by, you know, anything other than, you know, we can control. Yeah, I was going to ask you, when, when the crowd does react, because they're going to react, because I know, you know, they'll put up the score there. Is it kind of one of those, like, oh, you kind of take a look and go back? Or is it kind of like, all right, I got to, you know, because I know it is kind of hard, because well, like, they'll get loud. Oh, hopefully we're, you know, doing our doing what we're supposed to do, uh, you know, handling our business and, 
um, you know, it's a comfortable enough, you know, uh, you know, lead or position that, you know, you could kind of, you know, have that moment where, you know, you kind of enjoy it with the fans. But, um, you know, I think until the clock says, you know, zero, um, you know, you just keep fighting. Turn, you guys know what these guys want to do offensively. How do you combat it better this time? Uh, well, I think it starts up front. Um, you know, I think, uh, you know, if our D-line, you know, could do, you know, what they did this past week, um, just challenge those guys in the run game. Um, and then, two, I think, uh, you know, we got to do a better job of tackling in space. Uh, you know, I think a lot of what they do offensively is, you know, yeah, it's a downhill run game, but, you know, they're trying to get their guys in space, right? Uh, you know, force, uh, you know, safeties and corners to, to make tackles. So, um you know, obviously the D-line needs to play well, but I think all of us collectively, you know, I think we're all involved in, you know, trying to stop the run game. What do you think was such a difference this past Sunday for that physicality uh, on the defensive line? Like, what, what differences you notice? Um, I mean, anytime a coach challenges you, um, you know, we, we were in pads, you know, last week, um, which is, you know, uh, I wouldn't say it's abnormal, but you know, later into the season, you kind of get away from, you know, padded practices. So, uh, you know, it was kind of cool to put the pads back on. And, uh, you know, I think our guys, uh, you know, they handled it well. You know, on the fumble return, did, did Mario tell y'all y'all didn't block it up right? <laughs> <laughs> Man, listen, I, I, I think I said it after the game, um, but you know, that, that was probably the most impressive play from the game. Uh, obviously, him running with the ball, but... I don't think nobody really realized how fast he got up off the ground, you know, once he recovered the fumble. So, uh, but nah, man, you could, you could tell he wanted to get in the end zone. That was Saints safety Tyron Matthew talking there in the Saints locker room. And uh, wonder who the player was whistling loudly in the background during Tyron's media Trends. availability. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, Going to see an interesting matchup, obviously, these two teams in the NFC South. it's uh, You always throw records out the door uh, in when these NFC South matchups, but especially in this one, Charlie, I mean, uh, tons on the line. Uh, both teams, you know, we've been talking about the Saints fighting for a spot in the playoffs. Atlanta still not out of it either, crazily. I circle back around to what Dennis Allen said last week when they smoked the Buccaneers <laughs> after the game. Just like, yeah, we preach physicality. And then I go back to what Tyron Matthew was just saying, like beating this team, this Falcons team, and this rushing attack starts up front. So getting physical with this team, outworking them in the trenches. Yeah. That's it was nice to you, see that pass rush even show up last week. Yes, that's how you get to 9-8. and eight. That's how you get your winning record. That's how you give yourselves a shot at making the postseason. That's a wrap on this Thursday edition of Sports Talk. Appreciate all of been listening. Tune in tomorrow. Fans in the Pro with Mike Haas and Deuce McAllister. Have a great night, everybody. See you later. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.